I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Hello guys, welcome back to episode three of the Sports Sit Down. Today there's just three of us. There's myself, there's Joe, and there's Nathan. What's up guys? Hiya. Yeah, yeah, good. Been a good week of sport, especially if you're a Chelsea fan. Good one. Starting it off already. Um, Yeah, today Adam's not here. He's doing a bit of other work for the society, but I'm pretty sure he'll be back on next week to talk about United in particular. Um, So this week we're kicking it off with... uh, with some football talking points and there's no other place to start than uh, the Etihad, unfortunately. What happened here, Nathan? Well, what did happen here, Josh? Uh, after four minutes, Chelsea were a goal down and then 25 minutes in, 4 nil. honestly. Uh, the game was over virtually after about 15. Brand new low for Chelsea Football Club. It was a total cap- capitulation, really, wasn't it? Uh, I personally didn't watch it Bad fan, I know. Um, but the score updates on my phone, I just couldn't believe it coming through, you know, like you say, four goals in 25 minutes to say we're, we're challenging for the top four. You just can't be doing this. Um, the, the six goals that hit, conceded here at City takes us to um, being sec- the second worst defence in the Premier League in 2019 behind Fulham. And we all know how Fulham's defence has been this year conceding... Uh, just short of 60 goals. Um, it's very difficult to get a top four when when we are conceding so many goals. Um, very inconsistent. I've been saying that all se- all season following, you know, the bright start we had when Sarri came in. Um, yeah, what, what did you make of it, Nathan? Well, I just think Sarri got it completely wrong. He tried to go toe-to-toe with the best possession attacking-based football in probably Europe. Um, Antonio Conte last season he was heavily criticised when Chelsea lost 1-0 to Man City but he said if you give City space behind us the game can finish not 1-0 I'm not so stupid to play against Man City open and lose 3 or 4-0 and that's exactly what Sarri did he played it open tried to go toe-to-toe and in the end they conceded six goals they were just purely outclassed at the end of the day weren't they well yeah that's what it seems to have been Um, and it's quite interesting there you reference Conte in how solid, a, you know, he's just a very solid defensive coach. Um, then we have, which you often associate with Italian coaches. Um, and then you have Sarri, who's not, you know, doesn't stick to that stereotype. Um, plays more expansive football. Um, but two completely different styles that, that we've seen at Chelsea over the, these last two seasons. And I think it's going to take a lot of time to to adjust maybe Sarri needs his own players in I mean I know it that he was quoted as saying that his squad just cannot play the type of football that he wants to play um, so not exactly promising times to be a Chelsea fan got to ride it out though um, but let, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the goals then well uh, was it Aguero scoring after four minutes yeah <laughs> On it was just Hopeless, really, from Chelsea. He could have uh, he scored a hat trick, didn't he? But he could have had more than that. It could have been anything this game. Um, like you said 
about uh, the style of football Sarri tries to play. And Chelsea have had a counter-attacking style for so many years under managers like Mourinho, Benitez, Conte. It's just been entrenched in the club and in one season it's just been flipped on its head and I don't think Sarri has the personnel um, to play this sort of football. I mean, he's only got Jorginho, what he brought in in the summer, which is suited to possession-based football and the others are mainly suited to counter-attacking. Yeah, well, the, these were the doubts that... Um you know, people brought up when he came when he did come in late in the summer. Um, he came into the team when I think we had already started coming back for training. Conte took, I think it was a couple of sessions. Um, I think there was quite a bad vibe at the end of last season, you know, with not getting Champions League. So Chelsea, who are usually very ruthless with their managers, perhaps should have cut ties with Conte if they knew that they had Sarri in, you know, in, in mind. And that would have allowed him to put his stamp more on the team, get to know the players more, find out who he wants to keep, who he wants to get rid of. But despite, the, like I said, the you know the really good start um, at the beginning of the season, it's now taken a toll. And his message to you know isn't doesn't seem to be getting through to the players, and that's not a good sign midway through a season. Well, yeah, he's spoken about the mentality of the group of players at Chelsea and. This is a reoccurring theme for Chelsea. Both Conte and Marino just basically said uh, they don't know how to motivate their players. Um, the mentality is pretty weak. Um, Chelsea have just got a bit of a soft underbelly now. Like a decade ago, they had leaders from people that are captain their national teams like John Terry, Petr Cech, Balak, Drogba, Ivanovic. Now, where are the leaders at Chelsea? I mean, Aspilicueta is the captain. He's a good player, but is he really a leader? Yeah, it's it's really difficult to tell, to tell, and some of the names you just reeled off there, like you said, you you think of them and you think of them as a big big presence in the dressing room. You know the young players, such as you know if Terry was still in there with Hudson Odoi, he'd be taking him you know, you know along his journey, in his progression as a pro. Um, but now, some fresh faces need to come in. We've got quite a thick squad, quite a bloated squad, but the perhaps losing some of you know the the, quant the quantity to bring in more quality that i think that would be wise um i i i mean i've heard that some of the goals we conceded were just like comical really oh I've, barkley headed yeah, it straight into the what, path yeah that's what i've heard of like so was it louise tries to clear it then yeah. barkley decides to put it back in yeah, yeah. straight back in so it's this sounds a bit more it sounds like um just a lack of concentration, really, as well. Do you think they'll sack him by the end of the season? Because um, I, I reckon um, that they're being quite sympathetic to him. Because as you said, it did take a, quite a while to get like Conte out in the summer. So he didn't have as much pre-season with the team yeah. as he probably would have liked to, to be able to shape them in his way. I, I do think Abramovich, at this point, he's always wanted attacking football at Stamford Bridge and... In theory, that's now what we've got with Sarri, the manager, but I don't know whether he might get more time than other managers in the past because his style, it needs time to embed into this football club and uh, Klopp and Guardiola, they, it, it wasn't one season and it was straight off. It, it's taken several seasons for them to build up uh, the type of players to suit the football and to get the style going the way they want to. So I'm not sure whether he will get sacked yeah, well, I mean, if it, literally, if you just go to North London, 
You've got Unai Emery in his first season at Arsenal, sitting in you know just ahead of Chelsea on goal difference because of the six nil loss they suffered. Um, he's he seems to be you know being get, uh, given the time to adapt his squad, put his mark on the squad. And Chelsea are actually still in more competitions than Arsenal. They're in the final of the League Cup, and they're still in the FA Cup, which I don't believe Arsenal are. Um, yeah, after being knocked out by Man U, um, so they're only in. Uh, still fighting for top four and Europa League. Chelsea are still in two com- competitions more, but that that tells you a lot about the mentality of Chelsea. You know, Chelsea that success. We it's it's all short term, really short term thinking. Get success if it's not working straight out. But we the the issue like like Joe's just highlighted is was it really fair for others the way that he came in? It was very late. Didn't exactly have his squad. He he was quite vocal about that. From the off, still is vocal. He just says that he's the players he's got at the moment. Exactly, yeah, that's, what, that's what I mean. So he he's obviously recognised that straight away and is still not happy about it. Um, something's got to give. Uh, I think he's really going to get judged this next month or so. I think, I think by the Tottenham game, I think it's the next month. I think we might have a clearer idea then because we've got a big month of you know fixtures coming up yeah. with United. We've got the two legs against Malmo in the, in the Europa League, which although we should be winning, um, if if there's a slip yeah. up there, that's really going to apply the pressure. And then obviously the League Cup, which nobody's necessarily saying we have to win, but at least be more competitive than the six nil drubbing that we just you know we just suffered. Um, and then when that Tottenham game comes round, it, it then we'll have a better idea. Yeah, I mentioned that last week, February, was the test of all tests for Chelsea, how they perform and well, it started off pretty badly, hasn't it, with the 6-0? Yeah. I mean, well, let's jump across to City now then. Um, Aguero, how do we rate him, boys? I mean, he, he's he's put them, helped them get to top. Could he be the best foreign player we've ever seen in the Premier League that is the debate you know he's joint joint top Premier League um, yeah hat trick scorers with Alan Shearer Um, so the question is as Joe said is he what do you think well you've got to look at Thierry Henry in that bracket of best foreign Cantona Cantona Uh, who else is there been who's well, I think they are the front runners, really. Yeah, definitely. I think Aguero brings a lot um, to the table. Like as I said, um, what about David Silver, his teammate? Nah. No. Mm. Why not? He just, for me, he just seemed to drop off the map a couple of years ago for a little bit, just a little bit. What about his form recently? Yeah, but I think Aguero has been a bit more consistent over the yeah. years. Well. Do you think he's going to beat his record? I think it's, uh, wasn't it 28 goals in the Premier League is his, in the most? 26 or 28? And I think he's sitting on 20 now. Yeah, he's very doable. Yeah. I mean, Aguero already gone down on Man City folklore forever for that goal he scored in 2012, final day of the season, to win City the league. Um, he's just an outright Premier League legend at this point. Same with Silver, as you've uh, already mentioned. Sierra Omri another world-class striker in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are definitely more names. We, we just haven't thought of them. Um, so, yeah, should we move on to Fulham versus Man United? Yeah. Right. Um, 
So as as it's been well documented, you might you would have seen by just just to go back a bit, completely forgot Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo, I, didn't I was, he? Man United. If oh, we're about Man United, yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, I know. Vast, vast just yeah. came off my head. Well, maybe he is the the best foreign player to play in the Premier League, but maybe he wasn't the best when he at, was in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, you see what that's I mean? Very, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Very, like really took it up another level I, can't, can't believe, I knew I had, I had another name <laughs> in my head and I was thinking who is it who is it I met Ronaldo obviously yeah that's what I mean there's there's more that will come back to us um, <laughs> yeah we're going to be halfway like, through talking about rugby and then suddenly <laughs> <two people like>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'll just quickly add that City yeah now top and goal difference um, so it's all all to play for now I, I know that they've played have Liverpool got a game in hand yeah though? Liverpool got a game in hand um, so it's Still, it's well. It's all in Liverpool's hands right right now, um, literally. And it's going to go to the wire, isn't it? I, yeah. I still would like Liverpool to win, which I know is an unpopular opinion along a lot uh, among a lot of football fans. But I definitely think that Man City have got one of the best squads in England, if not Europe, probably, if not the world. To be fair. Yeah. No, I'd agree like with club that. Level. Like we said last week, being able to bring the likes of Mares, Bernardo Silva off the bench, yeah. one Not many teams are able to do that. Um, yeah so let's, let's move on to uh, Fulham versus Man United it was the early game on Saturday 12.30 kickoff at Craven Cottage uh, like I said well documented United now in top four after this you know barnstorming run that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has taken them on um, did you boys watch this? Um, I can't say I did watch this game actually okay Joe um I watched the highlights on YouTube. That was about it. Uh, Man United, I don't want to say dominated them, but in terms of uh, finishing, definitely. Uh, even though Fulham, I think, had more possession. I think, they, I think they did have more possession. United were just more clinical with their finishing. Uh, I've got the stats up here, actually. They had the same amount of shots, yet United had so many more on target. Yeah. Uh, and that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. Killer instinct, really. Yeah. You know, I, I, saw, I saw some of the highlights on Match of the Day. Um, I think there's that chance that Vieto has when it's nil-nil, should really be hit, at least hitting the target with that one. Then obviously, I think it was when they were two or three nil down, Ryan Babel, uh, the Premier League legend, uh, somehow missing from a, about a yard out. It's just what it. Uh, it was just one of those days for Fulham. It kind of sums up the season. Yeah, really. a bit of a recurring theme for them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Do you reckon that's it for him? They're uh, seven yeah. points from safety. Well, no, eight points from safety. Do you genuinely believe they can yeah. pull themselves out of uh, it? Well, no, I don't. I, I said it last week. I, I think. I think it's just too high a mountain to climb now. I've uh, heard some managers. Uh, sorry, not some managers. No. Some people on social media, Fulham fans, mainly saying. Uh, maybe Claudio Ranieri should get the sack. Um, yeah, like, but they need to have someone in place for next year. You know, Huddersfield we've seen as good as well as Wagner did. Perhaps a bit harsh to get rid of him. Um, they had this new German coach in mind from Dortmund, who they. It looks like they're you know it's a plan for the future. Fulham really need to be wise with this. Uh, in the last about 10 years since they got uh, relegated from the Premier League last time they've really been going a bit like Watford over the recent years where they just keep going through managers and they really need to stick with someone and make sure that if they do go down or if they stay up that they're going to be there for years 
you know, like Sean Dyche with Burnley, build a project. Yeah, have a plan in place. Who do you reckon will be the third team being relegated? Because it's safe to say that Huddersfield are well and truly probably gone. Uh, and Fulham are probably going to be joining them. But who do you think could take it? Like Southampton, Cardiff, Newcastle. It is quite tight down there. From 13th downwards, it's quite Yeah, it's well, quite I mean, the 3-1 win for Burnley away at Brighton has really dragged Brighton back into it. I think it's one win in the last nine for Brighton uh, after you know beating the likes of United at home. Uh, not looking good for them. Uh, it's really difficult because... Cardiff are going to be um, buzzing after that late winner against Southampton, which is obviously a relegation rival. Back-to-back wins in the Prem now. Yeah. Um, Burnley, got a, Burnley got a crucial win against Brighton as well. Yeah. 3-1. That pulled them up out of relegation. Yeah, well, they don't associate, normally associate Burnley with scoring lots of goals, but we're really on form th- uh, this game. But also shout-out to Tom Heaton. Really put himself back in contention to get in that England squad. Yeah, and Newcastle, um, they were looking on course to get a 1 0 win, and then 90 uh, plus 5, I think it was. Wolves yeah, got an equaliser. Controversial. Very as well. controversial, yeah. Was it a foul on the goalkeeper? GBH, wasn't it? <laughs> Says it all then. <laughs> Bolly, I mean, he, he just shouldn't have been allowed and robbed, really, of two points, Newcastle. Mm. Yeah. Um, so did we actually get who we think is going to go down? The third spot? Um, I, I couldn't call it, even like if I had a gun to it my really head, I still difficult. wouldn't be able to call it. We haven't mentioned uh, Palace, but they're still in and around it, aren't I, they? I personally think Palace, I think Palace will have enough quality within their squad to, to get out of this. You know, Zahar, Townsend, Bashwai is going to be a good sign, and Max Meyer. They pulled it back against West Ham at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they'll just keep plodding along. Perhaps it won't be the most entertaining of finishes to the season, but I think they'll have enough. For me, oh, I really don't know. Uh, it it kind of depends on how the new signing Almiron does at Newcastle for me. If he can add, you know, if he can chip in with some goal contributions. Um, because this is the thing, Newcastle is watertight in defence. The likes of Lascelles, Lejeune, really keeping it nice and uh, compact. But the goals just haven't been there. Top scorer, I, think, I believe it's Rondon. Not sure how many, but he's not, you know, a renowned goal scorer. It hasn't been since he's been in England. Um, I'd probably have to say Burnley to go down. Really? Yeah, I don't... Because I feel like there's two... As much as the the, the squad has um, dropped off over years, like drastically, I think Southampton have too much quality to go down. Um, Cardiff I feel like they they might just have enough and like the spirit from obviously recent weeks you know what's happened to the club um, with Salah and that really to spur them on Newcastle have always got a great support and they've got a great coach Speak, then, Speaking of Salah um, did you see what actually happened at the Southampton game which was well, disgusting yeah, I've, I've heard reports of it they were just not all of them. This is obviously I don't want to generalize Southampton fans, but it's a minority. A, a couple, yeah, the minority were mocking Salah's death through uh, different chants. I saw some circling around uh, on Facebook. I'm obviously not going to repeat them, but uh, have was, uh, the club taken action like to ban I any th- of these I think fans? They've banned um, two or three, I think, who were singing them, uh, and also Warnock's come out for 
Cardiff and basically just said how disgusting it is that these people are being so like um, immature. Well, yeah, without going off on a tangent, I think that these sort of chants and this sort of behaviour from football fans is just so, it's ludicrous, really, that we're still seeing it. Um, There's a line, isn't there? Yeah, right. well, did you see, it's obviously not to do with Salah, but it's still a very serious topic, um, that Mikel Antonio of West Ham did an interview, I think it was with Sky Sports, saying that if fans from a certain club, uh, you know, use racist chants against uh, uh, players or something like that, that they uh, clubs should get points deducted from them. What do you guys think to that? I think that's a bit harsh. I, I think yeah, it's a, it's such a ma- like it's. I'm not saying it's on by any means. Trust me, it's not. But it is. It's such a minority. Yeah, it's, that it's, that it would be hard, like very harsh. Way, to, it'd be way too harsh. To, yeah, it's more of a football and society thing rather than specific clubs. I mean, that would be harsh to take action deducting points on clubs for. A minority, I would like it's, to say. It's not like the, it's not like um, Southampton as a football club went to some fans and were like, "We want you to yeah, mock this player's death." Yeah. Like that's obviously, yeah, I, I do agree. It'd be very harsh, but I think that we do need to have some sort of action, like harsh t- action taken against people that f- think that these sort of actions are alright. Mm-hmm. Something needs to be done. Um, but yeah, let, let's. I said I won't go off the tangent. Kind of did there. But that's what happens. Uh, let's let's go back to the Fulham United game. So, um, Pogba continuing Whoa. this, yeah, continuing this great. Form. Ever since Mourinho, yeah, got the sack, Pogba, he's just been on another level, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, he's at the minute I'd say he's the you know the best midfielder in the world in terms of current form. On form, yeah, yeah on form. Must say on form. Um, so he got two goals. I think he got an assist. Was it an assist? Or that might have been... I think it might have been Big Phil Jones with the assist for Martial. Oh, yeah. Big Philly um, signing another... What was it? He signed, four and a half year contract. Signed a new contract with money. Yeah, so... Uh, promising times for United. Um, yeah, Pogba, two goals, and he's he's already broken his record for the most amount of goals in one season with 11. And obviously, we still have many games left, so... And he's got eight assists as well. Yeah. So, tw- you know, 19... Goal contributions in the Premier League. Westwood would be loving this podcast. Yeah, right now, yeah. It's a shame he's not on. He'd be sat here going, "Oh, can we do a podcast?" <laughs> Pogba, please. Yeah, and Martial, another player that seems to have been, you know, uh, sidelined by Mourinho constantly, really showing what a great talent he is, and still only twenty-two years old. Yeah, when I saw his age the other day, I was shocked because it feels like he's been around forever. But yeah. Maybe he's just finally coming into his own now under Solskjaer. Yeah, well, they're being allowed to play and express themselves. And I think that's why Pogba's just doing so well. And we see that most weeks uh, these these players that were, you know, uh, pushed aside by Mourinho, they, they seem to be coming out and making slight digs, stuff like, oh, that's what happens when you're allowed to play with freedom and you're not restricted. It sounds like they're all chipping away at Mourinho. Yeah. Um, but even players like, Nemanja Matic, who apparently, according to reports, was one of the only players to stick up for Mourinho in the changing room. He's he's playing a lot better. He's looking more like the player that we saw at Chelsea, which got him the move. Yeah, he was he was one of uh, United's best players the season just gone. I thought, and the start of this season, he had dropped off form considerably. I mean, he was having no impact on the game whatsoever. But as you say now, you're sort of seeing the player that Mourinho brought from Chelsea. Yeah, well, that's when now it's 
we'll, we'll discuss this later, but it's the big test now as we film this on Tuesday at seven o'clock. Um, just in about an hour, we got the game at Old Trafford kicking off against PSG. So even without... It's not, uh, it's not even just for PSG game, is it? The next two weeks of football is going to be... Yeah, it's going to really de- definitely, definitely. But obviously this is the first of many tests for Solskjaer. See if he comes for it. I mean, he probably will, to be fair, knowing how how they're doing. Um, so it's it's positive times for United fans, not so much for Chelsea fans and not so much for Fulham fans. So the West London clubs just not doing, not, you know, putting, claiming their stake. Um, but now we're going to go to the Championship. Uh, Joe's been waiting for this one. He can tell by the grin on his face. It was it won't be much of a grin. When well, we yeah, it, it, it was it was a grin at half at half time when they were two 0 up, and then it was a, three it was a grin till the last eighty minutes, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about Aston Villa three, Sheffield United three, which is the the, the Friday kickoff. Joe, I mean, you you can take us through this one, mate. Well, for the first eighty minutes or so, maybe a bit less than maybe seventy five, United just look a better team they look the team who probably do deserve to go up at the end of the season to the Premier League and then it just all fell apart like <laughs> it was just oh I've after watching United for years it just that that like last 10 minutes just sums up so many of the like emotions I had when they were back in League One where them last 10 minutes would be the amount of goals they'd concede would just oh it would it was just a pain like sharp scoring is 99th, 100th and 101st goal for the club is um, a big achievement for, for him personally. But it, it was it is nice to see him get a hat-trick as well. Um, I, United, I think, would they have gone to the top? Yeah, they'd have just would, they'd would have gone, gone top for the time being. For yeah. the time being, they've got a game in yeah. hand uh, on some other teams around them like West Brom and stuff like that. Um, it was, in my opinion... Maybe we turned off a little bit in the last 10. Like, I think Billy Sharp said, I think he was like, um, when you go into the last, when you go into the last 10 minutes and you're 3 0 up, you're kind of like, oh, it's been a really good night. Kind of maybe take the foot off yeah, the gas. Yeah, they a didn't bit. shut the game down. No. And I, I really rate Dean Anderson. I think he's on loan from Man U, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he is a really, I really like him as a keeper. He kind of gets involved a bit with the uh, fans and stuff like that. But on this occasion, I definitely think he did make some errors, uh, which could have um, been avoidable, and that led to their downfall. Like after the first, after the first two went in, they just had the momentum to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And in a in a time where United have got their next four games, other than Reading at home, they're not easy games. They've got Borough at home, but then they've got West Brom away, who are also. High flying. Yeah, and promotion contenders. Yeah. And then they've got Steel Derby at Hillsborough. Yeah. Which is, I know Wednesday aren't doing the best right now, but it's never going to be an easy game. Yeah, Derby's either team, if they, like we saw in the uh, the East Anglia Derby at the weekend, they're always up for it. Um, what did you think to Sharp's goal? I don't know, if, was it the second the one? The second, yeah. Yeah, what did we think to that one? It was a contentious goal. Do you not agree? I've seen, I've seen the slow motions. I, I don't think he kicked it out of his hands. I don't know what your opinion on it is, Nathan, because I know you were watching it. Yeah, I was watching it in the pub and... Um, oh. <laughs> a few pints down. Oh, yeah. Don't trust him. Yeah. Was no, I was there was two points to this goal. At first, he was offside, I thought. Um, and then 
I think it was Medine then managed to get the header away and it came off the post and as Kalinic, the Villa keeper, had both hands on it, that's when Sharp poked it through. I think it's very close, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be people that argue either way. It's when it's one of those where there's just, it's so hard to, it's like when, um, yeah, you always get these sort of decisions where it's, you know, it splits opinions. Um, obviously we have Joe's more inclined to say it was fair, you know, because it's to United. United could have definitely done with them three points. I'll take a, if you'd have asked me before the game, I know I think last, last week I predicted them to win like two, one or something like that. If you'd have asked me before the game, though, I'd have probably taken a draw against a Villa away. Um, but now, after it is disappointing to see a team throw away mm. such a such a um, confident performance that they provided for the first eighty minutes, you want to hope that the conceding three goals in the final ten won't sort of demoralise them going forward because it could be quite a, a heavy pill to swallow, especially against as I said, the next games against Middlesbrough who just walked all over United in the. Uh, reverse fixture fixture in uh, start of the season, um, and these are, this is a a match which United could do with winning because West Brom, who are the team just sat below them, have a game in hand on United. I could easily catch us up by now. Constant pressure, just like the title race, um, also in Premier League. So both both leagues really competitive at the minute. Oh, hundred percent. There's definitely like um, I think I think the title is between Norwich is between Norwich and Leeds and maybe United could have pushed for it if they'd have won um, still only five points it's, off it's still it? five points yeah but I just think I'd, I think you said last week Nathan Norwich have been on a very have had a very strong performance this season and I don't think United are consistent enough in my opinion this season to win it last season they were really strong in the first half of the season and then they kind of dropped off in the second half and we've not really seen that as much in the second half this year, but they're still not playing at the consistent rate they need to to not only push for the automatic spots, but also survive in the Premier League if they do get promoted. Well, obviously with, you know, chucking away the three-goal lead, do you, do you personally feel it's more complacency or do you think it's just lack of concentration? I think it's lack of concentration because if that had been 1-0 or 2-0, I don't think they'd have been like that at all. I think it was just the fact that they fought in the Reds, 10 minutes left, 3-0. We can sort of, you know, As they said, they just didn't close the game. They didn't lock the game down yeah. at all. And that's what's going to be important if they do, like we said, if they do want to challenge right at the top and if they want to, if they come up to the Premier League next year, you need to, if they can nick games, see them out, that's going to be essential for them, you know, if they do stay up, if they come up. And obviously every goalkeeper has their bad day. Yeah. It is rare that Henderson makes some mistakes, but I think, was it was it the second goal where he he palmed it straight to their uh, yeah. attacker? Yeah. Where I, he could have dealt with that a lot better, in my opinion. Um, and then was it, I think their first, their, their first goal, did he have something to do with it as well? I know the third goal was down to... I think it was the United fullback because he didn't clear his lines. Oh yeah, yeah. I think was it Ender Stevens? I'm not sure. Yeah, it was. I think because he, he. I can't started, really remember the first goal. He started mouthing fair. off at Henderson as well. So you you kind of hope that they resolve that because you don't. Last thing you want at this point of the season as well is you know little uh, fallouts within the squad. Well, they were the two I saw in that car together. You know when they let me cross the road. Oh yeah. It was uh, it was Stevens and Henderson who so were. So we have it, to hope so. that they're going to come back to. They that. carpool together, so they must be friends. <laughs> friend. 
Um, well, I, I, last week when we did the predictions for this game, I actually went for 3-2 to United. Um, purely and simply just because Villa have made it a, hap- a habit of theirs this season, you know, to put on entertaining and high-scoring games. Think of, you know, like the one against Forest, 5-all. There's been 3-alls, 4-2 against uh, Birmingham. Um, so I knew this was going to have lots of goals. And obviously Sheffield United got some good quality strikers. So I knew there was going to be goals in this one. Um, is there anything you guys want to add to that one? Um, other than that the next couple of games are going to be crucial to see if United... I do believe United will get playoff positions. Um, have a moment... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's doable. I just think that they need to secure the points against teams like Red next week. Is it? Yeah, ne- have a weekend there against Reading, who are very low down. Who is it? Who is it tomorrow then? It's Middlesbrough tomorrow. Middlesbrough. They Ooh. could really do with God. getting points at Middlesbrough. And that's at the Riverside, is it? Oh, no, no, it's at Bramall Lane, sorry. It's at Bramall Lane. Yeah. But at the Riverside, they played you off the park. Yeah, completely. So that sounds. And it's going to be but good then. They've won. United have won their past four home league games. So, yeah, so they'll have they'll have confidence from that. Um, it I think a, it, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah, I'm sure. I not not to it. boast about anything. I can hear it from my accommodation <laughs> roaring outside. Um, it's a great atmosphere. You need to go. Better. You need to get down to the lane sometime this year. We are, we are, myself and Nathan did ask Joe if we could go to a game. And he said he'd sort tickets out, but we're still waiting. See a few when months see on. when um, Harlem sometimes. Oh, bit of free promotion here. Alan yeah. sometimes offer like uh, five pound tickets, I think, or very cheap tickets because for some games it's about twenty quid for a student. Some it's sixteen. It depends on the uh, popularity of the game. So against yeah. Bolton, a team probably against Reading, it'd probably be about fifteen yeah. quid. Well, if any of uh, our listeners who are local do want to do so, get down to the lane. Joe's advised it, so you heard it here first. Um, good atmosphere and a, a team chasing promotion so um yeah uh next we're going on to rugby talking about the six nations i know you watch and you you quite avidly follow wales nathan yeah due to your, your father's allegiance um what happened in this one well wales beat italy 26 15 um equaling their record run of victories 11 in a row and if wales were to beat england on the 24th of February, they would break her, the record for most wins in a row, set 109 years ago. Incidentally, the 24th of February last year is when Wales last suffered a defeat, which was against Ireland. Um, yeah, back to the win. It wasn't really pretty from Wales, to be fair. Wales have been pretty... They're getting the results, but the performances just haven't been there. I mean, they've fallen off a cliff, really, in terms of performance since... Um, in the autumn when they played South Africa, they were just physically bullying South Africa, but now they just look quite weak, to be fair. Have there been many changes since that, that game against South Africa? Do you know of um, like personnel? Personnel-wise, in this recent game against Italy, um, it was pretty much a whole new team of some youngsters and debutants and sort of a second string, if you like, which is something Gatlin's done against Italy in the past before. I don't think many of the players would have put their name in the hat to play England in two weeks' time. Um, yeah, Matt Dawson, former scrum half, 
for England said the operations to the lineup were pretty risky. Um, yeah, no convincing cases to be made for some of the players in the lineup. Um, yeah, just pretty soft from Wales. And if they were to play like that, as they have against France and Italy, um, it could very well be a hammering against England. But they are at home, which always plays a factor. But Eddie Jones, the England uh, coach, said he doesn't think the Principality Stadium is a fortress. So there's already a bit of verbal sparring between Jones and Gatland going on. Yeah, which um, we're, we're accustomed to. Yeah. Really getting the, the tempers up for this, you know, for the British clash. Um, so you, you're supporting Wales in this yeah, one, Nathan. Yeah. Why is that? Just, just my dad followed it. Just followed Wales through. Yeah. But in the football, who would you support England. then? England. Yeah. Oh, Joe, what do we think of that? So Nathan... In, in is, rugby? Yeah. So Na- well, Nathan's following the Welsh rugby team instead of England, but then he's following England, you know, football team. To be fair, my dad is the exact same. He's not yeah. personally Welsh, but he lived in Wales from like an early age. Uh, I... I understand because let's face it, you don't I, like the England football team are doing bits at the moment compared to the Welsh football team. Compared, like I, I'm not a rugby fan, so I can't really vouch. Um, I don't know if it's him. Just does you? What team does? Who in your family uh, watches rugby? Mainly my dad. And yeah. Is he a Welsh? Yeah. Rugby fan. Yeah. So, so I can just I can understand why he supports Wales in that matter. Yeah. Um. I I I just. I don't do rugby. Fair enough. Um, well, obviously England did win again, um, and they're top in the Six Nations table by two points, thanks to a big performance from the winger Johnny May, who was key with a hat trick of tries. And then obviously we have Farrell as well, who um, was just clinical with his conversions and, and penalties. And he was the outstanding player in the the first game. I think it was against Ireland. Yeah. Um, so he seems to have picked up, you know, form again after that. I, I, I'm like, Joe, I'm not, I don't know a great amount about rugby, but I do remember seeing news articles about a year ago um, saying about how Owen Farrell had been dropped from the team. Um, I knew he had quite a few injuries. In, like he's had quite a few in his career, but um, really seems to have overcome those now and just showing how, how influential he is for the team. Um so yeah, it's it is gonna be. I think it's gonna be a fiery game. Uh, and even though I'm not a big rugby fan, uh, when it's these sort of clashes and it's Six Nations, it it I think it brings everyone together and everyone really gets behind behind their their teams that they support. Um, so you, you, where are you guys gonna be watching this? I mean, Joe, are you going to be watching this or? Um, I'll, I think have, it, I'll have to give this one a miss, unfortunately, lads. Oh, really? Yeah. So this one, I think it's same place in just under two weeks. Yeah, it's February twenty fourth, is it? Yeah. So, um, as oh. we said, it is in Wales. So obviously they're going to have the the fans behind them, but I'm sure England fans will, you know, come in their numbers. It's not a it's not a long trip. Um, but yeah, but how do we see this game going? Well, um, Warren Gatland, the coach, Warren Gatland, the, the coach of uh, Wales, said about England's performance against France. Tactically, they were outstanding. We have probably helped ourselves a little bit by not playing as well as we could have 
and as a result will start talking up England up. So I think he recognises that if they were to perform as they have against France and Italy, it's not going to be the outcome Wales would hope, but it sort of does take the pressure off a little because England are going to be the firm favourites going into this game. Yeah, well, we can see, like you just said, alluded to there, we've got different tactics. So Gatland of Wales saying that they're gonna, they have respect for England, they're talking them up. Um, whereas Eddie Jones, you know, having a little dig at the stadium, the fans. Um, I'm sure they both deep down have similar similar thoughts. Um, obviously, what what they put public um, is different. But I think when it get when it comes around to that date. It's gonna, it's gonna be crunch time. And Nathan, if I'm with you, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be supporting England. I, yeah. I just can't, I can't do that to my my home country. Well, it's gonna be a very interesting game, isn't it? And if uh, England were to win, it could look like the Grand Slam could be a possibility going forward for for England. Yeah. Um. So next, we're moving on to the cricket. Um, and this in particular is West Indies versus England, the third test which is currently going on as we speak. So we'll try and, once we get to the end of this section, we'll try and give you an update on that. Uh, It's currently West Indies in their second innings batting in the third test. Um, Joe, I know know you've been following bits of this... uh, this match so what's happened yeah just just because we haven't covered it at all you didn't cover it on the first one i don't no think. no and it wasn't covered last week uh just a bit of background to it um england lost uh well they were dominated in the first two test matches which meant that west indies won the series but the third game or the third match still obviously gets played which is what they're playing right now um they've completely turned it around they're, com- they're england are in control I don't want to say walking over West Indies, but they, they basically are. Um, as we speak, West Indies are in their second innings and they are 145 for six. Obviously, that will keep getting updated throughout this podcast because they're playing right now. Um, their performance in the second... In, uh, England's performance in the second innings has definitely been helped by Joe Root, who managed to break his... Um, run of having of seven games uh without getting a half century which is 50 runs for anyone who doesn't watch or follow cricket uh by getting he got 111 not out on the third day and then today he got out for 122 um but some of the there's been a bit of i don't want to say controversy but a bit of on the pitch drama involving joe root because um one of West Indies speed bowlers, Shannon Gabriel, um, could be seen mouthing off. Obviously, it's uh, it's a common thing for bowlers to kind of try and get into the heads of the batters to kind of intimidate them and stuff like that. But what he was saying uh, can be assumed to be maybe of a homophobic nature because TV cameras uh, and microphones could uh, heard Jay, uh, Joe Root saying, don't use it as an insult. There's nothing wrong with being gay. Um, England have said that uh, England cricket club uh, club England cricket team have said that no further action is being taken. But many um, ex cricketers um, and gay activist people have come out and said that that's crossing a line. Even if you are trying to get into the head of someone, being racist or homophobic, you don't br- that stuff. You kind of don't bring into. Well, yeah, there's no need for it. Have you all things to pitch. say. You know? No place on a sporting field is yeah, it? Yeah, it's not making people feel part of the game. 
kids at six are taught not to be like that. So why are professional, professional you know, grown you've got to keep it professional. Yeah. Uh, but he's be Jerry is being, um, con- not congratulated, but um, what's the word for it? Just um, maybe applauded. Yeah, you know. applauded for the way he dealt with it. Uh, and then he came, when he came off the pitch and was interviewed about it, he refused to say what. Gabriel had actually said he just kind of he said I'm not going to say what it doesn't was doesn't need repeating yeah does it? it's good but because it, it, if, otherwise it's just bringing light to the situation which is important that we do but what it, we don't actually need we, all we need to know is that you know something was of homophobic nature and it needs to be tackled I think it, I mean it's it's quite worrying that we go to another sport like we mentioned earlier how there's different offensive chants whether it's racism or about somebody's death and now even cricketers themselves you know, um, bring this nasty sort of, you know, nature into the game. There's no need for it, really. Um, but anyway, let's let's not talk about that. We don't. Less said, the better. Um, they've uh, just going back to the actual summary of the game. Yeah. Uh, as even though it's ongoing, uh, they've completely just turned it around. Michael Vaughan, who is an ex cricketer, who actually there is a cricket academy uh, on Abbeydale Road for anyone listening in Sheffield and that's like his cricket academy and that's where Joe Root was actually like used to practice and stuff with his brother. Yeah. Um, he commented on the fact that um, the first two tests against against West Indies um, will have probably hurt Joe Root uh, and it just, they were not prepared at all for how fast the West Indies bowl. Um but he has completely turned it around and shown what, in his words, what England are capable of now. Um, and I definitely think that shows through their performance. Although it means nothing with win, it's still a nice consolation prize. Um, and they have outplayed yeah, them massively. Well, and it's also, when you think about it, it's used towards the momentum, gearing them up for the Ashes in the summer, which is coming to England. Um, you know, having lost, if they were to lose three on the trot, the... I think this was this is the final, or there might be another um, series in between now and the the Ashes. But you know, the mood around the camp would have been quite toxic. It is it is important to note that even though they're winning this game, it still doesn't mean they are tip shop shape. Um, their lead batsman in all of the um, test matches and in both the innings of this test match. They've been getting out for very low runs, um, and for two batsmen who are, you often put maybe your strongest or some of your strongest batsmen as your leading bat uh, your pair, pair. Your opening pair. It it might suggest something needs shaping up. Yeah, yeah. Up a bit it's been in, a bit problematic. The top of the batting order for England. Yeah, like yeah. look at looking at it now, like Burns got ten in the second innings, and Jennings got twenty three, and. That was like, that was twenty three runs in a hundred balls. It's not probably what you're looking for. Well, yeah, it's it's been a constant issue. Uh, even when I was younger, and I used to really avidly follow cricket. Um, think of when you know Andrew Strauss um, left the setup. Also, Alistair Cook recently left, but his, his last few years weren't you know by by his you know standards were weren't great. Um, and in this in this um, test match in particular. They've really had to rely on the likes of Ben Stokes with uh, getting over a, a century in the first innings. And obviously Joe Root with that massive knock, uh, 124, I think it was. Stokes only got 79, uh, but still, it's still... Yeah, well, 
obviously not as much as I thought. It shows my lack of uh, knowledge on, on cricket. I do apologise for that, guys. But um, <laughs> it's close enough anyway. We'll, we'll just say it's close enough to a century. But, close uh, enough, yeah. <laughs> it's, only, it's only 21 runs. It's well, well, it's closer to a century than a half century. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave In a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried. Uh, but I, I want to give a shout out to Mo and Ali and um, Wood as well, the two bowlers for England. So they took uh, nine uh, wickets between them to bowl the West Indies out for 154 in their first innings. Um, I, I do. Uh, it's quite a weird one with Mo and Ali actually, because when I used to watch it, he was always known. He obviously more as a batter, but um, I don't know the exact series that it was. Um, but he came into the, the, I think it was against South Africa actually, came into the England bowling attack and really showed his, his quality with his, uh, is it off spin he does? I, I don't think it's leg spin. I think, I think it's I'm, off spin. I'm, not, I'm I've, not an expert. Yeah, I think bowling. it's off spin, but he, he has the old googly up his sleeve, which often <laughs> deceives, deceives the batters. Nathan's got no idea no, what that means. These <laughs> terms have gone oh, past me over be. my head. <laughs> um, yeah, and Wood as well, if I'm correct. Uh I think it's ha- all about wood. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky. Uh, I think it. I think it's Hampshire Cricket Club he plays for. Um, he's obviously a pace bowler, so I think England. It's good that they've got him in now. Um, I think he's a bit younger. Obviously, we last ten years or so we've relied on Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson in the pace department to to get us through, and then obviously the likes of Swan and off uh, with his uh, spin bowling, but. Um, yeah, I think I think at the minute this this final um, this final test of the series, it's just going to have to be maybe trial it. Like it should just be used to assess the current squad. Like Joe said, with the the batting the opening batters again not not performing. Maybe possibly a shake up. Yeah, uh, obviously I'm yeah. not a cricket expert. I don't claim to be. Yeah, uh, just maybe that's something what Root could think about doing. Yeah, um, in future endeavors well that's that's the thing i think there'll be lots of thoughts going through his head now because it that's the ashes are the biggest you know for for british people well for english people and for australian people and the cricket size it's the biggest it's for cricket know. cricket world cups coming up soon as well yeah it's not i don't think it's this year but um oh wait it might be oh wait um it is i'm, I'm talking about my out my back end it, it, it is it is this year actually yeah a cricket world cup but obviously that's not a test series is it so the squad's going to be completely different yeah obviously you have certain players you know suited to different still a big thing for cricket yeah. for England English cricket yeah obviously that it would be nice if they could really do well in that and excel and then gear them up for the Ashes series but um, yeah um, they just need to try and take as many positives as they can from this this uh, series which is going to be quite difficult after getting you know battered in the first two um, have you got a live score update right now Joe? Um, I will get that for you right now I think the World Cup this year is actually being hosted in England yeah it is it is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the closest stadium to anyone in Sheffield if you're wanting to get a quick game in um, is uh, Old Trafford in Manchester not the football Stadium, yeah. the cricket ground. Are they not holding them at uh, Trent Bridge then? Oh yeah, they are actually, but it depends where where your preference is. If you want to go Notts or Manchester, not obviously, not just because I'm from there, but Trent Bridge is an absolute cracking stadium. the The atmosphere, it really is good. It's you know brand new state of the art building. Um, 
Whereas, yeah, I mean, I, I'd advise anyone who can get down to it, go down, have a good laugh, have a few pints. Can't go wrong with that. Um, and the latest score update is 156 for six after after 52 overs. All right. Cheers, Joe. Um, cheers, Jeff. On the touchline. Um, so we're going to finish this... Football banter. <laughs> which leads nicely into it. We're going to finish this podcast off, this um, episode with our score predictions for the Champions League. And we're currently at 20 past seven on Tuesday evening. So in 40 minutes, we'll have yep. uh, both Roma, Porto and Man United versus PSG kicking off. Um, let's start off with Man U versus PSG. I think we know a lot more than about that one than the other one. Well, would you like a bit of team news from the, uh, from the match? Yeah, yeah, Think go ahead. Sure. Well, as we know, no Neymar or Cavani for PSG. Oof. Um, I think going, the lineup they've given on their official Twitter account, it looks like Mbappe's playing through the middle and Marquinhos, who is known to be a centre-back, is in midfield. And shockingly, Danny Alves is on the right wing, according to Ooh. this lineup. So, quite a, I mean, it's obviously been forced, but potentially were other options that Tuchel could have opted for, but maybe a bit of a defensive, you know, a bit, a bit of a defensive lineup, you know, try and get something at, perhaps it's to try and get something away at Old Trafford, not an easy place and to take go it to. back to the yeah, Parc de Prance where maybe, they are yeah. quite prominent. You know, we saw against Liverpool, they did, did play, I mean, they got the look, but they did play well. Um, at their place what's everyone gone for then for um, score predictions I've gone two all I think both these teams have potential to, you know the attacking quality to score lots of goals even PSG without Neymar and Cavani they they have the service they have Mbappe probably the brightest young player in, in the world at the minute um, but obviously United have got probably the, the most promising along with Jane Sancho young player in Rashford Um so yeah, two all. I think it'll be quite and quite an end-to-end game. I think it'll be interesting interesting to see how both teams do go for the go for the game. Whether they both go for it, you know, we've seen with United just attacking from you know defending from the front in terms of they just attack, 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 rather than relying on their quite mediocre defense. You know, trying to give them as little pressure as possible. Um, so yeah, two all from me. What do you guys think? Um, I've gone for three one. I just think we've to United. Yeah, to United. Yeah. Sorry, just the depleted numbers for PSG. Some of their star players not there. Um, I think is it the first Champions League game Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's had as manager? Yeah, of yeah, it is. yeah. I think the fans are definitely going to be up for this. And United, their attack three one. PSG could get a, an away goal, which they could take back to. France, but I think Man United are going to have enough to beat them here today. Well, P- PSG just and there, uh, PSG. If it was a big defeat to United, could they do what Barcelona did to them just a couple of years back with uh, Neymar being instrumental for Barca? Who knows? But um, Joe, sorry, uh, I, I've said two all as well. Um, I've said two all, but I do believe that if if United want to get through to the next round, they need to win by a good amount because I feel like when if Neymar and Cavani are back for the reverse fixture in France, it could be a completely different story. Like I think I've been maybe a little bit harsh saying it might be a two-all draw, but if I could easily see PSG running away with it um, in France. Well, there were murmurs um, when it was first broke out about Neymar's injury that he could potentially be out for the second leg as well. I think it's quite it could be quite a serious one. Um, 
having said that, they there is still quality in that squad. Um, but Neymar is pretty significant to what to how they perform. He's always involved somewhere or another in in the goals they score. Um, so the German manager Thomas Tuchel will be hoping that those two uh, forwards can just come back as soon as possible. Interesting facts I've just read. Guess which country won't allow Man United's badge to be shown on TV? Iran won't let. Really? Yeah, because the devil. They oh. won't let. They won't oh. show satanic symbols on TV. Fascinating bit of trivia. I know. Bit of trivia there fun for fact, you trivia you? fans. Might have to add that into the Joe's fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. Little segment of the podcast every <laughs> week. Quite like that, Joe. Keep it up, lad. Well, I try um, my hardest, don't I? Should we move on to Roma Porto? The other game tonight. Well, yeah. you, you won't believe this. That same news source says that Roma's badge was also um, censored as well. What, for a, what is it, a rhino? It says um, <laughs> Roma's badge showed Romulus and Remus sucking from a wolf. Suckling from a wolf was censored back in 2018. Oof, they're going for it. Any, uh, if we move on to the next games, they're going to they're gonna censor Juventus for having too many J's or something like that. <laughs> I mean... Not to cause to offence to anyone there, just having a little bit of a joke. Um, let's get back to it then. Roma versus Porto. Joe kicks off. Uh, I've gone 1-0 Porto. I think they'll get a crucial away goal. Um, Roma, are, are, although they, are they slightly back into form at the moment or are they still sliding out a bit? I know they've had some really, really heavy defeats recently. Inconsistent they, is the way to yeah, describe them. I think their biggest defeat recently was 7-1 in their version of the League Cup in yeah. Italy. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're going to have enough to compete with Porto are top aren't they yeah, Porto quite, are quite top. an informed Porto team I think they're top by a point or two um, after Benfica have actually just won 10-0 at the weekend it's yeah. nasty so I guess Chelsea aren't the uh, worst team of the week <laughs> yeah um, Porto don't I personally don't watch a lot of Portuguese football but they've always been a strong team they've got the likes of Abubakar Brahimi, Hector Herrera, um, and it's Edo Militao, who's the sought-after young defender who can play centre-back or right-back. Um, obviously, they've brought Pepe back to the club as well, so he's going to be a vocal figure in the dressing dressing room and on the pitch, as we know he's quite a, a dirty player. Um, but I, th- I think Porto are going to see... Uh, well, I mean, I've gone for a, a one-all here, but I think obviously when we predict the... The second leg of this game, I think Porto will win it. Um, Roma quite vulnerable at the minute. We usually associate them with having a very strong defence, the likes of Manolas in defence, um, Florenzi, etc. Um, but this season, the flooding goals, like we said, the 7-1 seven, seven, defeat to Fiorentina. Um, and even, you know, Edin Dzeko recently, I think he is, I think he should be playing tonight. But in a recent Serie A game, he actually got sent, or it might have been that one against Fiorentina, he got sent off for spitting in the referee's face. I think it was against... um, Fiorentina. Yeah, Yeah, spitting in the referee's face, which we don't usually associate with Dzeko. I've never seen that sort of rash behaviour from him. But um, if he's playing, then they've always got a chance. He's the the talisman, even though he's dropped off a bit. But I've gone one all. Um, I think they'll cancel each other out. It'd be quite an even game, really. Yeah, I've also gone one all. Um, yeah, like you said, Roma's form has just been quite poor, inconsistent. Porto, as you said, one of the top fives in Portugal. Always sort of do okay in the Champions League. Dzeko, El Shirari, the youngster, Zaniola. 
Um, they have got some promising players. Roma, I've just gone for a one-all draw. I think it'll be evenly matched. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to tomorrow's games. Uh, let's start with Tottenham versus Dortmund. Now, this is this seems like one of the ties of you know the of the stage of the round of sixteen. Um, I mean, I'll start off by saying I think Dortmund are going to win this one. I've gone two one. Um, we saw a lot. Uh, well, last year that Tottenham often go through patches in games where they'll they'll be you know neck and neck with the opponents. I think it was last year where we saw with Juve. Yeah. But then they have about a ten minute switch off, and all of a sudden every all that hard work has just been undone, and they're back. You know they're being pegged back. I think Dortmund have the the ability to do this with the, the flying wingers like Sancho, Pulisic, Royce playing in more of an attacking midfield role. And obviously Paco Alcacer um, scoring lots of goals uh, ever since moving from Barcelona. So Dortmund two one for me. Um, I've gone two all. I just think Pochettino's not really cut the mustard in the uh, Champions League yet for Spurs. Dortmund, you've mentioned their high quality attacking players, and I know Spurs are going to be without Kane, but they've still got the likes of Son and Eriksen that could really lift the performance and. I reckon both of these teams are just going to go for it. 2-2, two, two, I think, would be a fair result. An entertaining one. I've gone 2-1 to Dortmund. Um, I Not much reasoning. I just Dortmund are flying high at the moment in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. However, they did, they did chuck away um, a three-goal lead, I believe, to actually draw three all with Hoffenheim. So a bit of momentum lost there. They could have gone seven points clear of Bayern, but... Still five, but yeah. Sorry, go on, Joe. Uh, yeah, that was my only reason. I just, uh, I just think we've got, especially with, as Nathan said, Kane is Ali still out as well? Yeah, yeah. It's like I, they're missing two crucial, crucial players. Um, so I think Dortmund will probably, maybe not run away with it, but they'll, I think they'll win. Yeah. Um, then tomorrow also is Ajax versus Real Madrid. Ajax have been one of, along with Dortmund, one of the uh, underdogs of the tournament. Really got a great set of young players, likes of Delic, Frankie De Jong, um, and David Neres on the right wing as well. Um, what have you gone with, guys? Um, I've gone two on Real Madrid. Um, Ajax, they've done well in the Champions League. I think they finished behind Bayern Munich in second place in the group stage. Um, but their form's been a bit indifferent as of late in the league. They lost 6 2, then they won 6 0, and then they lost by one goal to nil. Um, Sounds like your five-a-side team, Nathan. <laughs> okay. oh. Top banter. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think Real Madrid are coming into a bit of, maybe not form as such, but they are starting to pick up the pace a bit in the league. 2-1, um, I think, would probably be the result. Joe? Uh, I went 3-0. I think it'll be Madrid domination. They're, as Nathan said, they're catching up to Barca in... Are they? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, five they're points behind Barca now, so... Obviously, at the start of it's the season. It's not ideal, but they yeah, are. Yeah, but obviously, at the start of the season, compared to where, you know, compared to now, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not unreasonable that they could win it, but they, I think it's unlikely, but anything else you want to add to that one? Um, I'm going to go 2-1 yeah. Real Madrid as well. Uh, as, as fun as Ajax are as a team, um, hit a bit of poor form at the minute. I think they lost 6-2 recently. I know that uh, Feyenoord beat them. Um, I think it will be a, an entertaining one. 
um, Gareth Bale's return for Real Madrid. And we say that they haven't really hit form, but I think it's, they've won eight of their last nine in yeah. 2019. So, um, and with that derby win over Atletico Madrid, that's going to give Defin- them a yeah, massive definitely. boost. Um, yeah, 2-1 Real Madrid. What about Leon Barcelona next week, guys? I went, uh, I went 3-1 Barca. I know it's away, um, but I don't think Leon will have the... Is it third or fourth at the moment? They're it? second, I think. Or th- second or third, because the PSG, I think it might be Lille second. Yeah, Lille, I think, are second in that league. I mean, it's yeah, very narrow with the chasing pack. It's very tight, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're sitting a bit behind um, number two in League One, but I just think Barcelona uh, just have a much better squad overall. Nathan? Um, I've gone 2-3, uh, Leon 2, Barcelona 3. Um, Leon have been one of my favourite teams to watch in the Champions League this season. I think they've had five draws and the one win, but one of the wins was against Man City at the Etihad, and they were just really exciting to watch. Players like Maxwell Corner, um, Nabil Fakir, Moussa Dembele, Bertrand Troyer, former Chelsea player. Yeah, they've, and they had some good results. I mean, they didn't lose to City in yeah. either of the games. Um, I think Barcelona will have enough, but I think this will be an entertaining end-to-end type game. Yeah, well, like you just said, they didn't lose City. I remember watching the um, reverse fixture. Obviously, the I think it was the final game of the group group stages at, at Leon. Leon led twice, and City pulled it back. I think Aguero help, helping again. Um, really, like you said, Nathan, really fun team to watch. Really, really impressed by some of their players. And I know it would be a bit of a shame if, if it was what happened to Monaco a few years ago with like Bakayoko, Fabinho, if they were poached some of um if Le- some of Leon's players if they were poached in that similar yeah. similar manner you know we've got just to add a couple of names as um Awa in midfield Tusar and Ndombele as well and then obviously you've got the likes of Memphis Depay providing oh, that firepower yeah. um and even Ferland Mendy at left back as well or who has been linked with Barcelona so I think Barcelona uh definitely going to respect this Leon team they'll probably be having uh, keeping their eyes on a couple of their players who could they could add to their own squad next year um, I think 3-1 it'll be 3-1 to Barcelona I think when you've got Messi in your team he, he's going he's gonna to get a goal involvement tomorrow boys I'm, I'm saying it um, also next Tuesday Liverpool versus Bayern I went I went one all um to Liverpool. I've, yeah, to oh, one all. Oh, sorry. Oh, Nathan's yeah. It's been a long day for Nathan. <laughs> um, no, I, I said one all. Um, I think last week, one of you two mentioned about how um, where City kind of have lots of options. Liverpool, when they've... Yeah, Josh, I think, mentioned it. When um, Whereas when Liverpool have lost or have key players who are tired or haven't been rested, they can lack a bit. And... Um, I definitely think that will come to hurt them later on in the season. I, I mean, it might be better if they're contending with City for the Premier League for them maybe to to get knocked out of the Champions League. In my opinion, but I, just, I don't know what your opinion. So, you, so you don't think that they could put a fight in both? Because obviously, City have four competitions. I know they've got more of a well, stacked they've squad. Got, they've got four competitions, but one is one more league final. Yeah, so it's, it's another not, it's another game. It's though, another isn't game. It? But, but they have to work their schedule around, don't they? 
I just I think that City have got a, a more diverse and as you said, a more interchangeable squad where they can bring players off the bench. So or you're saying it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise for Liverpool's Premier League hopes if they were knocked out. Yeah, in, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, well, we often do see like the you know the fixture build-ups. What you know in certain parts of the season, sometimes it is a bit, little bit nicer if, for teams if they are taken out of uh, one competition. I've gone three-one Liverpool. I just think that the firepower that their their forwards have, especially after the back off the back of that 3-0 win against Bournemouth, where they looked pretty comfortable restricting Bournemouth to very few chances. Obviously, Bayern another class compared to Bournemouth. Um, I do think they'll get an away goal, and I think it'll it'll um, lead to quite a tense game away at the Allianz when it does come around later in the month or in March. But I think um, I think Liverpool will be able to get at that Bayern defence. It's quite an ageing defence uh, with Hummels and Boateng at, at the centre of it. Obviously, Alaba and Kimmich, a bit younger, but I think I think Neuer passes Pete Powers as well. So there's no reason why Liverpool can't cause pure terror to that defence, really. 3-1 for me. Yeah, I've gone sort of similar 2-1 to Liverpool. As you mentioned, the front three, I think they're just going to be formidable for that Bayern back four, really. Bayern, I mean, they've been a bit indifferent in all competitions, really, this season. Um, I don't think Kovac has really had the desired effect um, they were hoping for, to be quite brutally honest. Yeah, I just think Liverpool are going to do it Yeah, at Anfield. Um, the following day, on Wednesday the 20th, um, we've got another two games, um, the first of which is Atletico versus Ju- Juve. Um both quite defensively sound teams, as uh, as recent history tells us. Um, however, Atletico have now conceded more goals in 2019 than they did in the whole of 2018. So it's quite worrying times for Simeone and his his men, who are like I've just alluded to, you know, known for their you know strength in defence because they don't score a lot of goals. Atletico kind of re- rely on Griezmann to to get you know to get them through it with, with other players like Koke and Sal chipping in but um, for me it's got to be Juve to win this you know uh, with Cristiano Ronaldo in the in the ranks I've gone 1-0 I, ju- I, I think it's hard it's, as much as it'll be difficult going to Atletico I don't, I don't think that their move to the stadium the Wanda Metropolitano has been as you know I think they were hoping, it's kind of like with West Ham, they were hoping for it to be a lot more, um, well, just have a lot more promise. But since moving from Vicente Calderon, they've kind of lost that fortress feel to, to their home games. And I think that Juve have the, the the quality and the experience to win this one and snuff Atletico out 1-0 for me. Um, I've gone for a 0-0 draw. As we mentioned in some other games, they've got some exciting attacks. I'm not saying neither Madrid or Juve, because I mean, Juve have got Ronaldo, so of course they've got good attacks, but it's really going to just be a battle about two, two of the best defensive teams in world football, two of the best defensive coaches in Allegri and Simeone. It's just going to be a, a nil-nil draw, in my opinion. I, I went 1-0 Juve. Um, I think at Atletico are coming off that 3-1. Three, three, three Lost to Madrid, was yeah, it? To Real. Like that, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I just think Juve, like you said, with players like Ronaldo, um, Chiellini. Yeah. You know, Matuidi, Kadira. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Juve, though, I saw a post on, uh, on Facebook earlier, which was breaking down, because obviously, uh, as you may know, Ramsey from yeah. Arsenal. Oh, was yeah. Uh, he'll be paid 66p per second. It's a shock. Something else. Like. If you don't like, know what Joe's talking about, it's, it's the rumours that Ramsey's going to be I think earning. It's been well, confirmed. now it's yeah. now obviously today it's been confirmed. Four hundred k. Yeah, week. Ramsey are earning four hundred thousand pounds a week, making him the highest ever paid British footballer. Um, what do we think to that? Do we do we think he deserves that much? I think his agent has pulled something out of the bag there. He definitely doing, deserves a raise with that one. Doing wonders, isn't he? Yeah, it's just insane, isn't it? How much footballers get paid? Yeah, I mean he, he is a good player, like. Two thousand pounds per hour. <laughs> like, doesn't doesn't that take money, really. doesn't that take him over how much Ronaldo's earning there? I've no I'm, idea. I'll check if you really want. Because the the amount that they must that Juve must be laying out in wages I is I don't know how they're gonna. Well, like they want to become like a sort of superpower along yeah, the sides of Barca yeah. and Real Madrid and United in terms of global reach and. Nah, Ronaldo's getting paid thirty-five mil per year. I don't know what that is per yeah, week, but. Um, Expensive, um, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it'll be a lot, won't it? I love how you say it. Like it's not a mu- not a lot, but it's it's Ooh, distortionate. Sixty-seven thousand. See what? What a week? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nah, that's wrong. Oh wait, I've that's got to be wrong. Yeah. You sure uh, you don't mean six hundred seventy? <laughs> go back to maths class, Joe. Oh, on the wrong course, son. No, uh, six hundred thirty, six hundred seventy-three thousand. <sighs> oh, oh no- nothing much. Then, <laughs> nothing isn't much. It? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously Ramsey's not on as much, but. That's already over a million on a week on two players right. who are both, well, Ronaldo's Ronaldo, 34 I, I think, yeah. and Ramsey's 29. So coming towards the back end of their careers. That's, has Ramsey been playing for us? Um, yeah. A lot of the time off the bench though, isn't it? Because they, he made clear, it was made clear that he's going to be leaving. So um, That's still mental, isn't yeah. it? Like, I would just like to mention Arsenal letting a player of that sort of quality go on a free... I mean, they've done this before with Sanchez and it nearly happened to Ozil and the only way they got around that was giving him, what was it, a week? Was it 500? I think it was about, think it was about 350 yeah, grand a week. Which but, so yeah, Arsenal really, I mean, something needs to change with the way their contracts are sorted out because to let players of these sort of quality go for free is just Yeah, it's not only are you, are you not only are you losing the quality of the players, but it's also the, finan- the financial... Their value, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like... These players, those three players um, that we just mentioned, Ozil, Sanchez, and um, Ramsey, for me have been their best, you know, the best three players the past five years. Obviously, like Sanchez moved on, now Ramsey has, but yeah, it's quite disastrous on their behalf. Um, should we jump into the last one then, boys? Yeah. Schalke versus Man City. I went two 0 City. Uh, I know Schalke aren't doing. I say they aren't doing very well. They're doing awful in the league this season. Um, I don't exactly know what's that down to. Like, is it, I, I'm not. I oh, don't follow. Lack, lack of goals. I, They've I lost some say. key players as well. Goretzka to yeah. Bayern uh, and Max Meyer to Palace. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have predicted a a, 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 a more extravagant score. Like maybe a bit, maybe more. I only goals. went three 0 so uh, yeah, yeah, I went three 0 as well. I just, um, I think City will probably. Uh, maybe bouncing off that six 0 win against Chelsea, they might try and push for more than two. I just well, the thing is, even like Pep, I, don't, I personally don't think he will because he's not the type of guy to, 
you know, disrespect a team, but he could even put a little bit of a weak side, you know, give the likes of Foden a run, but I think he'll want to consolidate, he'll want to consolidate upon this 6-0 win and just keep building the momentum. He's got the squad, like, so if he drops, well, if he takes, uh, say, Sané out or Sterling, who have both been in fine form, they can bring Mahrez in, you know, on either, on either yeah. wing, and then if they need to, they could bring, you know, Bernardo Silva in on, on the other wing. Just because he's played midfield role, we forget that he is actually at, uh, a winger by trade. Um, he has great players at disposal. I'm going three 0 I think it's even like with Aguero, if he if he's taken out of the squad, they got Jesus to come in, who does more than fine job. Um, yeah, Schalke. I can't I, I can't really see them creating many chances because their top scorer uh, this season is uh, Daniel Caligiuri, the Italian winger. Um, I think he's got something about something like four or five, and then the next best is somebody with two. So they're not really scoring many goals, are no. they? No. So, it, this, the, you know, they're having lots of different goal scorers, but no one's really grabbing it by the scruff of their neck and going on and taking those goals and being the main the main outlet for them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's Roundhouse, City, cruising this yeah. one. I think that's the general consensus here. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, yeah. We, we, we do look forward to these games, and, it, and it's quarter to eight now so games will soon be kicking off but we just want to send our condolences out to um gordon banks who the today family. yeah, his, yeah. His, not not him personally his family yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. gordon banks's family after you know today finding out that he has passed away at the age of 81 um guys do you what do you remember from the guy well obviously oh. weren't around to watch him play but from the footage i've seen of like the 66 world cup and of course that just ludicrous save against Pele in 70, which really defines sort of what the sort of player he was. I mean, he's a titan of the English game, really. He's like one of the all-time legends, arguably up sure. there with, yeah. he could be considered one of the, in the top sort of five keepers of all time. Yeah. It's it's always, although it is like sad to see such like a tragedy happen, uh, it is always nice to see the support come out, like Pele coming out and talking about how, how, his friendship with Banks was magic and so many other players um, showing their support for Banks and Banks's family on Twitter and Facebook. It's always great to see a football... You saw it with Salah and it's happened again here with so many people from teams which might be at each other's throat half the time coming kind of together to support and celebrate such like a wonderful player's life. And yeah. Banks was also from Sheffield. Uh, yeah. He was born here, so it's kind of... Nice local tie, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, football just brings people together, doesn't it? Yeah, it's sad to see him go, but he died. It was peacefully in his sleep at, at like eighty-one. So it, yeah, he lived uh, a good life, obviously. Like. Yeah, legend of the game, um, and yeah, I think we're gonna end it there, then, guys. We're just under an hour and twenty minutes, so I just want to say a big thanks for those of you who did listen, uh, guys. See you next week where we might be joined. By the man himself, Adam Westwood, he might make a return. Big boy Westwood. Have his take on Man U on the first leg in the FA Cup game against Chelsea. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And I'll see you next week for the Sports Sit Start. I will love it if we beat them.
move it. 